Welcome to another episode of the ADHD Families Podcast. In today's episode, we're talking to the incredible Alex Stewart. Now, Alex owns Low Tox Life, uh, which is a company that helps us reduce our toxic load in our homes, in our food, in our air. Now, I've done this program personally, one of Alex's programs, and it was such an incredible educational uh, non-judgmental journey that um, we that we went through together to learn about reducing our toxic load. Now, on the new side of things, she's recently been diagnosed with ADHD, and I wanted to um, connect with her to find out a little bit about um, that whole process and how things have changed since she received her diagnosis. Now, in this episode, we cover some serious ground, and it's an awesome fun chat with lots of great key takeaways. We're talking about ADHD diagnosis, what she does with low to- with her business low tox life, mold illnesses, and why it's important for people with ADHD uh, to have a low tox home. Let's get to it. Hello, I'm Sharon Collin and you are listening to the ADHD Families Podcast. I am a mum of three beautiful boys with ADHD. I love being a mum, but my home life was absolute chaos and the stress of daily life had a terrible effect on my health. My husband had so many horror-filled stories of growing up with ADHD that I decided I wanted to change the experience for my little boys. So I got to work and I systematically changed and streamlined my family's lives to suit the ADHD brain. And now that I have my family on track, I want to help yours. Do you want a life with your beautiful kids that is more functional, fun, and full of joy? Let's explore together the wonderful and sometimes wacky world of raising kids with ADHD. Welcome, Alex, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I am so excited to be here, Sharon. Thanks for having me. Now, you would have heard in the intro um, that I have done your program before a couple of years ago now, and I'm a big fan. I'm having a bit of a fangirl moment here at the moment, but I'd love for those who haven't gone through or maybe been exposed to you and your work before um, for you to explain a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so thank you. A low-tox life was born really out of my own personal desire to find a just a healthier way of living, but not having to give up necessarily. Like I'm a city chick. I love the city and I didn't want to feel guilty about that. Also didn't want to feel bad about wanting to go with the flow when I was with my friends. And, but I had learned a lot about food, preservatives, uh, different additives that hide in food and just that whole ultra processed yuckiness. No judgment, by the way, of anyone who like still likes tucking into their Maltesers at the movies and stuff. It's more my own personal journey I'm talking about here. And as I learned things, felt better uh, and figured out psychologically why I was able to give things up and leave that whole willpower trying to cut down thing that so many people struggle with. Uh, I really wanted to share what you could do instead, how you could bake a gorgeous, I had to give up gluten um, because I have non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And so I had to really learn how to bake yummy things myself because 13 years ago there was, well, 20 now, there was nothing on the gluten-free front that didn't taste like cardboard. So it was a huge creative journey, a learning journey. And then when people kept asking, you know, do you have this down somewhere so I can copy it and make it myself? I actually had to figure out how to write a blog. And that started 13 years ago 
And I had learned, obviously, you know, you start learning about food. And then for me, I'm a big questioner. So as soon as I had that down pat and I was having, you know, I had my gorgeous newborn baby boy, I was like, well, what's really in this bath stuff that I'm using? And it just shocked me how much was in there by way of carcinogenic chemicals, um, in sunscreen of all sorts of all things. Mm. And then also the hormone disruptive chemicals, uh, which really frightened me because of how pervasive they were. And I was like, okay, something I have always done across all of my business consulting in cosmetics, in hospitality, in all of the jobs I've ever done. I've always been a teacher, trainer, and a motivator. However you want to look at it, that's what I know how to do. And I figured I could find friendly, empowering, non-judgmental ways to help people make these changes that were curious about them and where to start. So that's how Lotox Life was born. I love that story. And I particularly love the no judgmental element of that. Oh, gosh, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like we could be judging ourselves 5,000 times a day. We probably are. So to have some random stranger on the internet adding to that, I mean, I just did not want that on my watch. And I didn't. I didn't want people to feel pressured that it had to look a certain way, which is why the low tox was where I invented rather than know this or zero that or free from this or, you know, I just I just wanted the antidote to all of those restrictive, prescriptive celebrity protocols that we grew up with watching on Oprah and, well, I did anyway because I'm a child of the 80s and 90s, but um, I I just wanted something different and I I feel like a lot of women did too. And, you know, having been inside there, you know, inside your community, it is a lovely, nurturing, kind space of people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. People just wanting to do the best that they can with what they have. Mm. And importantly, given there is so much to change, Mm. if you really want to go there and make a list, it's like, oh, actually, that's quite a lot. Um, People have to think about what they actually want to change. What do they want to start with? What's exciting to you to change? What did you hear in that podcast or that course that made you think, oh, we've so needed new sheets for a while. I'm going to start with organic cotton or, you know, whatever it ends up being. It could be anything. But I think that's, for me, one of my most favourite things is to help people internalise, re, you know, stop looking outside all the time for answers and start thinking what do I want to do? What makes me feel good? Where am I gravitating towards? Because I think we're always, you know, trying to get the answers from the outside. And can you tell me a little bit about why living a low-tox life is important to you? Uh, Yeah, I can, actually. Um, I guess (laughs) it's because I'm a human on planet Earth. I know how degraded our soils are. I know how um, unhealthy people are. Like we look at the diabetes rates, we look at the rates of heart disease, cancer, everything going up, obesity, I mean, you know, it's it's awful and I think I don't want to be a statistic uh, if there's anything I can possibly help or I don't want to contribute to the degradation of farmlands across the world uh, and natural habitats and um, welfare of animals when it comes to, uh, you know, farming animals. Like is there a better way to do that? Is there a better way to do everything? 
Yeah, there usually is. And so it's about that baby step of always trying to do a bit better than yesterday. And a lot of the things that I took away um, from, you know, your book and your course and things was it's really um, simple swaps. Mm, It doesn't have to be harder. We don't need life to be any harder. And actually it goes to my ADHD motto of you don't have to try harder. You're already trying hard enough. We have to try differently. Mm -hmm. So those little swaps are just so easy to make once you know the brands. That's exactly right. And, you know, just finding those brands that make you feel safe and uh, you just think, oh, I can cut out all the noise now. Like there's part of this thing for me with going low tox is being able to just stop getting excited about every new thing that comes out. Just find the things you like, find the things you need, buy them over and over. Do the shift to the buying less as being a part of low tox and not being so excited by every new thing that comes out. Uh, I think that's a huge part of it as well. And that really speaks to the simplification of life, which when you have ADHD is fabulous. Like a lot of people I see in the chat groups in the alumni group, oh, this has just come out. Like, can someone help me workshop the ingredient list or in our membership? And I'm like, but aren't you using, I think I remember you saying you're using X brand. Like, is there something wrong with it? Like, I, I actually really like pointing out that like, do you need to seek all the time? Um, because that in itself, I think, is a part of our high tox culture. Mm, and very uh, interesting. I think that's going to be an interesting point for people who perhaps seek a bit of dopamine through shopping mm-hmm. and things like that. In this beautiful community, we would be not. Yeah. Oh, me too. To that. Like we all <laughs> have what that looks like for us. But I think when it comes to uh, that kind of thing, like could we do a bit of work on connecting to other things that bring us that dopamine. Like for me, if I've got a walk planned with a bestie and it's in a really beautiful spot, I'm going to be looking forward to that all week. I'm going to be so excited. And could you connect to that instead of being on that fifth tab open with another online shop right now? Like, could that be the thing that you just think about for a bit to give you some dopamine? Like, (laughs) you know, we have to be conscious so that we can circumvent some of those little dopamine mistakes we might make yes definitely and I do resonate with your kind of minimalistic approach I always think it is makes life a lot simpler mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yeah it Just really does the amount of stuff the amount yeah. Of stuff. yeah I mean sometimes there's things we need like I have a lot of brand partners on my podcast I vet them super heavily and for me it's like you know I really wish everybody knew they needed a dehumidifier, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, Um, or uh, blue light blocking uh, um, light bulbs that can be really impactful for melatonin and good sleep. There are low-tox things that are actually super, super useful. Um, But I guess I'm talking about, like, you know, your staples. Like, do you need to keep seeking new stuff? Uh, Like, I'm a big fan of buying something that unsubscribing straight away. So that I don't keep getting emails about all the other new products. Yes, yes, I love that. Now I have uh, wanted to touch on your recent diagnosis Mm. because I think that uh, it will be very, it will be lovely to hear a little bit about your journey if you um, could tell us about that. Yeah, of course. Um, So it was born out of a crisis. Uh, Last year we got, (laughs) it's such a freaking first world crisis and you never know that some things are going to knock you sideways, but then they do. And you're like, 
and then you feel embarrassed for being knocked sideways by something so simple, but then that is case in point why ADHD was so darn obvious uh, because it came in the form of the pup, the 14-month-old giant retriever rescue dog that we bought our son last year. And uh, he had been wanting it. He is Miss Dr. Doolittle. He really is. Um, My mother-in-law has four dogs. They're his best friends. He's just a a huge animal lover. And... um, I, we really wanted to get him a, a dog and, and Ollie found this dog. It was a situation where um, one of the people in the couple had passed away tragically and she couldn't cope and she wanted the best for her dog. So um, it was a quick, like, can someone take this animal um, for an amazing price for a retriever, i got to say. Mm. Um, and so everything about it was amazing. Gorgeous boy, really, really lovely dog. But who is at home all day with the dog? It's me. And I'm running two businesses and uh, I need dead quiet to focus. I couldn't even have a cat 15 years ago um, because it would play like over, you know, computer cords and things and swipe at my ankles and I'd be like, ah, now that set me back like three hours getting back into my zone. But I didn't know all of that back then. Um, And I didn't know it yet now. All I knew was that I fell into a depression for the first time in my life and started crying spontaneously several times a day, Um, just could not get any work done. And if I did, it was, I I realised he got active around 3.34 p.m., which was right in my I'm finally in the zone and I'm motoring and I'm getting all this stuff done and he would break that zone uh, right when I was finally focused and concentrating. And it's like, why is that? And why have I never been able to just sit down in the morning and start my to-do list? Why do I faff around and, you know, look every which way, but then get the work of 10 humans done in an hour and a half and, you know, make everything happen? Like I've always been like that. I have always been the last minute high achiever and uh, I knew I couldn't stay depressed. I spoke to my naturopath. She gave me the green light to try a few things and one supplement was just amazing. Overnight wasn't crying anymore and I felt like I could at least start making some decisions around the situation. We got the dog into care a couple of days a week. We then found some family friends who were happy to take him Monday to Friday that was sorted, but it had really thrown me and it had really got me thinking. And I had take, started taking my son through an ADHD um, process earlier in the year uh, and he uh, passed with flying colours, so to speak. Uh, and I remember r- writing those forms. I don't know why it popped into my head and there's so many middle-aged women now coming out and saying the exact mm. same thing where you're filling out these forms, you're like, this could be me. This could be me at school. This is exactly what I was like in the classroom. Like not the more um, uh, unfortunately extreme presentations of um, distraction and impulse, but um, definitely uh, oh, like the if only you could focus, Alex, you're so brilliant, you're so clever, if only you would apply yourself. I mean, mm. 
oh my gosh, or no, I'm going to break you and Kate up. You're talking too much in class, you know, all those sorts of things. Or one of my favorite examples to illustrate um, the point of ADHD, if you're interested in something, you can conquer the world, is my piano teacher recognizing in me three decades before I did that as long as I loved the piece of music, it didn't matter what grade it was. It could be concert pianist level and I would work my butt off to get it perfect. Same with my singing teacher. So I would do these, I would do like Bohemian, uh, not Bohemian Rhapsody, what's the Rhapsody in Blue, George Gershwin, an extremely tricky technical piece that if you had me in grades, I probably would have been about a grade six. But this is like Amos kind of level stuff and I could do it, no problems, because I was obsessed with it. And uh, and I just feel so grateful that there were a couple of people in my life who before we knew any of this stuff, before I even clocked ADHD, they showed me that I was brilliant in a way that made it possible to be brilliant um, instead of constantly telling me you're brilliant but you're not being brilliant. And I think that's a huge um, thing that we can all take as parents with kids with ADHD uh, let's just make sure we're not constantly reminding them of the brilliance that they're not being um, because that is quite traumatic to layer and layer and layer on top um, and to fiercely defend them um, even if it makes us uncomfortable in the school environment. I'm doing it right now with one of the teachers. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think a lot of retrospective things started to click for me and then that made me want to explore it with uh, my GP who made me fill out the initial forms where you get the green light then to be referred to a psychiatrist and he was like, right, yes, well, uh, here's a list of psychiatrists in Sydney. <laughs> you pick one you want to go see. Uh, and I did. And, look, I knew it was going to be a really tough gig finding a holistic psychiatrist. I still have not. Um, mm. But I found someone who could at least very thoroughly take me through the journey. I didn't want some $800 appointment and you kind of get given the drugs straight away. I really wanted the testing, the cognitive testing, the IQ test. I wanted to see where it was my brain was brilliant and because, like, for me it was now already about, like, I think I've got this thing. And I want to engineer it as positively as possible. So I want to find out where I really am great so I can stick to my zones of genius because when you've been through a depressive period, you can kind of completely lose touch with all of that as well. And, and that for me was part of picking myself up out of it. So I went through the whole shebang, the 90-minute psychologist um, interview as well uh, and and thinking back on the IQ, like I got 130 or something. So like I'm fine in that department. But the one section I was really bad at was with the short story where they say, okay, I'm just going to read out a short story and then you're going to repeat back to me as much as you can remember from the details of that story. Working memory. It's like, yeah. oh, that's bad. Uh, that was really bad. But everything else was fine. Pattern recognition was my number one. Um, and that makes so much sense. Like I can help people with extremely complex things, either in their business, in their health, doesn't matter what the subject is, I can figure it out. And so many ADHD peeps are the same. 
And that's such an amazing thing that we are not celebrating enough as a society, identifying these people, finding them uh, and helping them use that brilliance everywhere possible. Uh, So, yeah, got the ADHD diagnosis and it's really made me think so much about uh, life for myself, for other people, school, education, gaps. I mean, you know, like you just start thinking about all sorts of things when you get an adult diagnosis, including your whole life in retrospect, playback scenes, breakups, friendship ghostings, like all the things, you know, oh, my God, I was too much for them. Shit. Yeah, that was a bit much just turning up on a Friday night and saying, hey, I thought we could hang out. Like (laughs) they've got a new boyfriend. Maybe they don't want to. But like when you know your ADHD, you can actually have more self-awareness. And I think, gosh, I wish people could get diagnosis and help sooner because Mm. it could avoid a lot of heartache and leaning into the good stuff um, you know, that again is just so untapped in its potential. So it's kind of a super exciting time while having been quite a sad time looking at certain things in the past as well, not just for me, but for everybody who might have had a childhood like that. Oh, I, I think a lot of people will resonate quite heavily with your story. Um, and I, I think that uh, you're not alone in, you know, uh, perhaps going through the process for your child and then recognising mm. those qualities uh, in yourself as well. And one of the things that really stood out to me is that strengths focus. Mm. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I love my job so much because I get to shine a light on people's strengths and help pull those strengths across um, and use them in the things that they struggle with. Yeah, um, That's my favourite bit that I get mm. to do. Uh, and I, I think it's worthwhile, like, talking a little bit about um, things that uh, – for your ADHD that are strengths, you know, that you do see as a positive and mm. that are a positive. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what has changed for you since you got a diagnosis. I know you've done that sort of reflective um, piece there, but in day-to-day life, what's changed? Well, I have become much better at setting my boundaries. Wow. Like, you know, I my husband's work situation has changed a little bit in terms of when he's working and when he's not. And I made sure we had a planning meeting and like, okay, so if you're then doing some in-venue stuff on Tuesdays, that means you're starting at 10.30. Can I get you to do the dog handover uh, to Nico? I will start my day two hours in the cafe uh, with my headphones on and getting my stuff done rather than just being conscious that there's someone in the house because I can't work like that. I cannot. And so I think a year ago I probably would have just started with the new regime and been shitty secretly that he was around and asking me questions and interjecting but talking but not really saying anything, Um, whereas now I'm like, nope, can't work like that. I'm so much more aware of what I need and what I don't need to function well that uh, I'm much then more, um, I guess, comfortable vocalising that. Uh, I've really leaned into it. Maybe it's the perimenopause and oestrogen leaving the building <laughs> as well. Who knows? But I, I'm just going with it. And then, What a combo. Yeah, great combo. Good timing. <laughs> Good timing. Um
I would like to invite you to our free ADHD Families Festival. During this eight days together, you'll receive three free fun training sessions with me, pretty workbooks to make strategy implementation a breeze, some tools and resources, incredible show up live bonuses, and tips to improve your family's life with ADHD. Not only have I been studying ADHD for the last 15 years, but I also live it every day. I'm going to share my tried and tested strategies with you. These sessions will be fun, engaging, and value-packed. I can't wait to see you there. But then also, uh, in relationship, like it's so wonderful that Ollie now has a window into why I do some of the quirky stuff I do. And for me to no longer feel like I need to pretend not to be like that, and be more normal, whatever that is, we just giggle a lot more. And like, I'll just veer off on some tangent. He'll start smiling. I'm like, oh gosh, okay, what were we talking about? (laughs) And then we'll just bring it back. And so there's this ease and comfort with just like being, leaning into the celebration of different individuals instead of constantly wishing our family members were different to the way that they are. Not that it was ever really, you know, we're, we've been married for yonks, we're fine. But I genuinely do think that I accept him more for who he is now uh, and likewise he, me, because we've actually had to do the work to go, okay, well, what does this look like? And um, this morning, what happened? Okay. This morning, great example. There was some military music down on the military base. And I was like, he's like, oh, they must be celebrating something. (laughs) That was his, that was as much as he thought about it. And I thought, yeah, this is that time in the movies where the the guy's shaking the hand saying, yeah, how are the kids, Joan? And and everything's really happy. And then boom, there's an explosion. And then you find out that there's these enemies coming in and the whole movie just, and he's like, wow, you really took that somewhere, didn't you? And I'm like, (laughs) um, yeah, yeah, I do that a thousand times a day, just to give you an insight into how my brain works. And, you know, I mean, that's incredibly powerful to know that there are people who can network and join things together that fast, that many times a day. If we actually celebrated that instead of saying, God, like, why did you go on and on about all this stuff that's not even going to happen? Like, how boring when you could have all this amazing possibility in the world um, if people got to fully express. Uh, and I think that's been a really special part of it. Uh, it's brought a lot of laughter. Yes, I love that. And I, I 100% agree. I think that often um, my family, because I'm in a whole house with ADHD here as well, <laughs> um, they, they have the best ideas. I, I love watching and love listening to um, where their brain goes because mm-hmm. Number one, I find it incredibly interesting, but they come up with stuff that my brain would never come up with. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah. And definitely a skill that we should, that should be celebrated. Now, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, touching on mold. Um, Mm. I know that you have done a lot of work in this space. And after the floods and things, people are, you know, obviously, you know, it's more and more common for people yeah. to talk about mold-related illnesses. I've had my own exposure. I know you have it personally as well. 
but I'd love to just for you to explain a little bit about that to our audience. Mm. So I think the first thing I want to say is that you don't have to freak out every time you see mould. I really want to preface it with that because often, you know, the hypervigilance kicks in if there's this new thing we have to be terrified about and people who were otherwise perfectly well start having symptoms and it's actually your nervous system jumping in Mm. to try and save you uh, in tandem with your immune system uh, and you're actually otherwise fine, which I think is a really interesting piece of the puzzle when it comes to healing as well if you do get incredibly sick. But sometimes and some mold and their uh the things that the spores give off whether it's different types of bacteria or the mycotoxins they're called uh are incredibly toxic to humans and these are what we would call molds that you find typically in water damage so in flooding where properties didn't get to dry out properly uh, a, a roof leak from a storm, uh, a tap leak into the wall where a pipe has burst and no one's come and fixed it, a subfloor that isn't ventilated properly, uh, you know, those kinds of situations are the ones that we do need to be um, wary of and make sure we address any kind of home maintenance in ideally a preventative way so we know how to have a healthy home and what to check for and how often we should do the gutters, how often we should maintain our HVAC systems, split systems in air conditioning, all that jazz. So there's that aspect to it. But then there's also, is it just humidity? So sometimes people are living in areas where there's a lot of rain or where there's a really humid few months of the year. And that kind of mould that grows doesn't tend to be as toxic as water damage mould. And you can actually start to become aware of the humidity levels inside your house. Maybe you've got a shady room that doesn't dry out as well as other parts of the house where you get this thing called a hygrometer and it'll tell you um, sort of what the humidity levels are inside the house. And if it's over 60%, that is where mold might start to grow, especially if you have dust around or some delicious leather shoes or bags that it might like to grow on, that kind of stuff. Now, yeah, it can still cause respiratory conditions, uh, exacerbate asthma, um, cause things like eczema to flare up. It's not as bad in the research as the water damage moles, which can be more neurotoxic, carcinogenic, and that kind of jazz where people like me, unfortunately, get really, really sick um, if you've been exposed for a long time. And so um, also terrible for dopamine. So ADHD peeps really need to make sure they keep mold out of their houses. So that my favorite way to do that is by having very little stuff um, I know my, uh, the background here looks actually quite decluttered. I do have a pile of doom just behind my head there, <laughs> just full disclosure. Um, but generally we just don't have that much stuff. It makes it really easy to clean, vacuum around and under everything and make sure it's not dusty. And we have a HEPA filter vacuum to keep the air clean. My favorite is also to have a power head vacuum so we've got the um and not affiliated in any way but it's a hoover allergy vacuum uh and powerheads just get into carpet more deeply um and really get all the nasties out uh that would be my number one tip number two tip if you have a hygrometer and it's showing above 60 percent regularly you need dehumidification 
whether you figure out with your air conditioning um, people if your HVAC or split system can do that. If it can't, you need actual dehumidifying um, appliances and however many you need for however much square meterage to get it under 60%. Because if you've got like a big living, dining, kitchen situation, all open plan, that's going to be a little trickier to dehumidify um, with just one small unit in the corner. Uh, and you might need two on either side of the room to really dry that room out when it's been raining for two weeks kind of thing. Uh, and your your hygrometer is going to tell you how often you need to flick them on. I'm a big fan of having a little compact one in the bathroom and just chucking it on after the family showers as well. So it just mm. the bathroom is bone dry at the end of every single day. It collects like two, three litres of water in three or four hours and uh, and then you don't have the mould growing in the first place. I hate DMs. But how do I get grout, you know, mould out of my grout? <laughs> a, it's damn near impossible and you're better off getting a tradie to just replace it all. Um, and B, you don't want it growing there. Think of why it's growing there. You want less humidity is what you actually want. And so um, that's why I'm a huge champion for dehumidifiers. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the symptoms that you would get? Like say you've been expo exposed to mould. Um, yeah, what, what would symptoms look like? Yeah, so, it, I mean, it's different. As I said, there's a few different types of mould that can give different symptoms. And then there are people who are going to be really badly affected because they're in the middle of some really big stress in their life or maybe they've just been knocked down by COVID a couple of times this year so their immunity is still kind of struggling to come back up. And then if you're in a flood situation, you're going to be more likely to be the person who's going to get really sick uh, from those moulds. And, and this is why that there's also potentially a genetic component that Dr Richie Shoemaker um, observed as well, uh, although there's not a consensus on that. There's actually no consensus on mould illness as a disease, which is what makes it incredibly hard to find support and help uh, in the diagnose, treat and cure kind of realm of going to your GP. Like uh, they might have heard of aspergillosis, for example, but there are there's catomium, there's uh, stachybotrys, there are other water damage moulds that uh, can be every bit as damaging, if not more. Um, Contomium, for example, is very, very toxic to the brain. I have symptoms if I've been exposed, like twitching, tremor. For a while there, uh, before I got tests, we thought maybe it's Parkinson's. Like it was awful. Yeah, I, like I couldn't hold my phone without being like this. And uh, it was incredibly scary uh, to not know what that was and why and to be told it's a bit of a mystery because everything's come back normal. I mean, mm. it's literally the most frustrating thing you could receive because it gives you nothing to move forward with. So I hope more people... Uh, understand that it can affect every system in the body depending on where you're at, your immunity levels, perhaps your genetics, perhaps how long you've been exposed and to what types of mould, especially the water damage ones. Um, then it could be anything, could be palpitations, could be um, extreme weight gain or weight loss because it affects your leptin hormone. It could be shooting pains it could be joint pain muscular pain uh it, it's a multi-system takedown so mm. it basically just over time will take down your body if you don't 
remove yourself from that sick environment because it's the sick environment that made the sick person uh, and then actually start working on healing. Sometimes a lot of that can be done just by not being there anymore. But then, of course, sometimes we need a helping hand, whether it's through different medications or supplements as well, um, with a good healthcare provider who understands mould. And there's more and more of them now. Thank you so much for explaining that. Now, I wanted to just take that and move it into um, the ADHD mm. realm because I know we have a saying that ADHD doesn't come to the party alone. It often brings friends. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I sometimes think that um, people with ADHD can be quite sensitive to the world, including mm-hmm. I've, I've definitely met uh, a lot of clients that have mold illness or mold illness symptoms. Um, can you tell me if you're looking at ADHD and yeah. um, why it would be important to have a low tox home? Yeah, well, if you think about the ADHD, that's all the lovely stuff. Some of the things that I touched on are quirky, going in all sorts of directions, super entertaining, great pattern recognition, all that kind of stuff. Fabulous, great, awesome. But then there's the stuff that's not so great, Uh, the working memory that I mentioned, the motivation when it's something you have to get done versus want to get done. Uh, the ability to stick to plans with friends or family members, the ability to focus when your year four little guy or girl needs some help with their homework uh, without like going, oh, my God, I can't even look at the page. You know, like there's the negative sides to the things we experience. And, And I think it's important to be empowered to know that we can influence just how badly those more negative annoying aspects of ADHD can be and can present and this is where lifestyle really does come in and we know that certain mycotoxins can have a huge effect on dopamine levels so if you've already got a bit of a dopamine struggle streak going on and then you have mold exposure I can tell you right now my motivation was tanked I could not do anything. Uh, I couldn't focus for more than a minute on anything unless it was super highly, like you were forcing me in front of an audience to give a talk. That's pretty much the only thing I could show up and do for a while there when I was really sick. Um, So sick as a dog, but the, the dopamine kicked in for like having to perform and I could actually make it happen. So uh, I would say for ADHD families, um, yeah, addressing mould in your home is a really good idea. And if you don't know how to go about that, I have the So You Think You've Got Mould um, blog post (laughs) uh, and there's every podcast we've recorded on it. There are, you know, resources to building biology websites, the Toxic Mould Support Group and, and a bunch of other resources if you need to investigate that, especially if people who have ADHD and might have asthma, might be getting random hives or having histamine reactions like after foods um, and not really understand why, or maybe you are, um, you're feeling heavy in your body and just never feel like you can come out of the fog. Like that's not just ADHD. That's probably an environmental or a health condition uh, situation that you need to unpack. Um, because we should be able to do ADHD quite well with strategies and processes in place when we're otherwise healthy, right? 
And as long as we've got our support team for those days where it really does all go tits up and, you know, uh, there's not much you can do about that. It's kind of part of the package. We have to just start to be more compassionate about some of the places we um, we fall short sometimes in normal world. Um, I do think there's so much we can do to make sure um, we set ourselves up for the best chance at having um, a, a great day-to-day life. Now, if you were to leave our um, beautiful audience with three things Mm -hmm. that you could recommend for a healthy, low-tox life with ADHD. For sure. I would prioritise protein in your diet. Really make sure you come out of the gates with breakfast with a good dose of protein. The research is amazing on that with ADHD, I think. And I've interviewed a couple of doctors now in the space and and read a bunch of stuff myself. And I know if I start the day with a three egg omelet and toast rather than with a PB and J and toast, um, <laughs> I can see how much I've gotten done by 11am on both of those two days. And I know it's because I had a really good grounding high-protein brekkie. Now, you, I mean, if you're a vego, you could do that with a plant-based um, protein uh, chocolate thick shake kind of vibe and maybe try and sneak in some celery and parsley and a couple of greens in there as well to get some phytonutrients. Um, but, yeah, the, the grounding breakfast I think is one of the keys to success for low-tox living, real food and ADHD ditch the cereal breakfast. That's probably (laughs) the absolute worst thing you could do. Second thing I would do is um, probably around the home to ditch the synthetic fragrances. So if you're using things like fabric softeners that say um, spring fresh as the fragrance, (laughs) or if you've got plug-in air fresheners or those little plug-in kind of hook onto the toilet bowl perfumey things or air wick spray for when everyone does their poops, like all of those sorts of things are incredibly disruptive to our hormones. And um, people with ADHD really do benefit from having quite balanced hormones when our neurotransmitters aren't so balanced. And so that for me is a fantastic thing uh, to incorporate into your lifestyle, just ditching as many synthetic fragrances as you can. And the candles, they've got to go. Who wants to spend $50 on a candle anyway? (laughs) I don't get it. Uh, Cost of living, peeps. Let's just ditch that one completely. Um, The migraine sufferers on this podcast will thank you. Yes. Much better to have a little (laughs) bottle of a nice quality peppermint oil from your pharmacy or your health food shop. You dab it on your little, have a little smell and go, oh, that smells delicious. And it's good for focus. So bonus, uh, dopamine boosting. So then the third thing I would say is, I mean, look, there are just so many things and like looking after our mind and self-compassion, like the low-tox mind for me is one of the most important things. So don't stress about all the things you think you should do to look after yourself and be low-tox as an ADHD because you're only going to set yourself up to be ashamed of yourself for not doing all the things and then you'll be less likely to do any of the things because you'll be in the black hole of shame and that just doesn't get us anywhere. So I really think just be kind to yourself, have gratitude for the things that are going great and for the people that are supporting you and 
um, and have boundaries. Just go, you know what, that does not work for me. If I want to have a chance at having a great day today, I have to have this alone time in the morning. Otherwise, I feel a bit suffocated and then I'm going to resent everybody and everything. So you guys go out, go to the park, but just do it without me. I need this time and really start to step into what you know you need to feel like your nervous system gets a break because your nervous system's already on overdrive with ADHD. So we really need to have those little troughs of alone time and quiet to feel like we can contribute and give our best in the ways that we show up better than nobody's business. I love that. Thank you so much for your time today, Alex. Can you let our audience know where to find you? I can. So very easily, because I trademarked it back in uh, 2013, (laughs) (laughs) every, well, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry copies everything these days and it doesn't seem to be policed. So Low Tox Life is my brand and everything that you find uh, that says those three words in that exact way is mine. So it's the podcast is Low Tox Life, Instagram is Low Tox Life, uh, the Facebook page, the website, the books, everything. You are amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been wonderful hearing your journey as well. It's been awesome chatting to you. Thanks so much for having me on, Sharon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ADHD Families Podcast. If you loved it, please share it on your socials. I want this to start a conversation about ADHD. If you want to make this mum do a little happy dance, please leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to know more about what we do, check out thefunctionalfamily.com. I truly hope that you enjoyed this podcast and you use it to create a wonderful, effective, joyful life with your beautiful children.